Chapter Thirty One of A King in Babylon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A King in Babylon by Burton Egbert Stevenson. Chapter Thirty One. I suppose Molly felt the convulsive shiver which I was utterly unable to suppress for she raised her head from my shoulder and looked up into my face and I tried to smile as I met her eyes but couldn't and then she drew away though I tried to hold her and slowly turned her head and looked out across the sand I felt her stiffen with horror as she saw the thing though I knew she couldn't guess slowly and stealthily it crept forward keeping to the shadow wherever possible but there were instants when there was no cover for it and it stood revealed in the moonlight black terrible sickening and then it would melt again into a shadow and for an instant disappear and then it would appear again nearer always nearer what is it molly breathed at last it's only one of the natives i answered hoarsely no it isn't it's something else you know it's something else what else could it be i countered feebly i don't know something terrible or you wouldn't be so frightened it looks like it looks like oh billy and she hid her face on my shoulder shaking with horror it's the mummy no no i protested nonsense jimmy tore it to bits this afternoon then it has put itself together again or or she shook convulsively and buried her face deeper billy she breathed it's another one it's a real one no no i said and patted her hair and held her close but i was shaking too for i knew i knew i can't stand it she moaned softly it's too awful i can't stand it i'm going i'm going to faint no you're not i said and held her tight and pressed my cheek against her hair and always out across the sand the thing crept nearer is it is it still coming she whispered at last yes don't stir she gasped if 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 it should see us it isn't after us it's after i said hoarsely her convulsive trembling stopped for a moment how do you know who it's after it's after jimmy i answered in the merest breath god help him jimmy he knows i said he's watching for it and then i suddenly realized his danger if it should spring upon him from behind before he saw it I don't know what dreadful thing I feared withered fingers at his throat lipless fangs I didn't dare think of it. We must warn him. I said come Molly be brave. We're not in any danger Don't move don't move she pleaded it will see us. No, it won't we're in the shadow Even if it did oh, I should die she moaned But she managed to totter to her feet and I led her back among the palms the last glimpse I had of it It was quite near I could see it clearly it was not to be mistaken come i said hurry there's no danger we stumbled dazedly on startled by the black trunk of every palm we passed shaking at the whisper of the breeze in the long fronds overhead glancing fearfully back but there ahead was a light such a warm friendly light there were the tents looking more homelike than i had ever thought they could there were mark creel and digby sitting side by side chatting placidly i delivered molly half fainting in omar creel's arms where's davis i demanded and then i remembered and burst into the tent 
Yes, there he was, torch in hand, his nose close to the coffin. It's out there, Davis, I panted. It's out there. He cast one glance at my working face, then grabbed me by the shoulder and thrust me down upon a cot. Pull yourself together, he commanded. I did my best with every nerve and muscle tense. I did my best. That's better, he said. Now, what's out there? That, that thing, I stammered. I saw it. Molly saw it. It was right at our heels. It's coming after Jimmy. Nonsense, he began, but I stopped him with a savage gesture. Don't say that, I shouted with sudden fury. It isn't nonsense. I know. I saw it. And just then Creel came in, his face very white. What's all this, he demanded. What's the matter with Molly? She's in hysterics, jabbering. It's out there, Creel, I gasped. We saw it. It's after Jimmy. Creel's face went whiter still. He at least believed. Jimmy's ready for it, he said, and ran trembling fingers through his hair. But if he shouldn't see it, if it leaped upon him from behind. For an instant longer, Creel stared at me, and then he swung around to Davis, his face hard as flint. Didn't I see you wearing a pistol the first day? he demanded. Where is it? Without a word, Davis snapped open the bag beside his cot, took out the pistol, and handed it over. It's loaded. Ten shots. Come along, then, said Creel, and stepped out into the night. But wait, Davis protested. This is the wildest folly I ever heard. Do you mean to tell me seriously that you're afraid of a thing buried four thousand years? I saw it. I said again, and staggered to my feet and followed Creel. Oh, well, said Davis, with a gesture of despair, came after us. Outside we drew insensibly together, and hastened on under the palms, Creel first, his weapon ready, I next, Davis last, sending the beam from his torch to right and left, and behind us, oh, behind us. And then we caught the sound of the chant. It's all right, said Creel hoarsely. We're in time. The next instant the chant was drowned in a chorus of shrill cries, and then it rose again, and we heard a whip crack. And then we came out on the slope above the camp. Good God, muttered Creel, are they all dead? But they were not dead. After that wail of terror, they had flung themselves forward on their faces in the sand, groveling hideously, paralyzed with horror. And in their midst stood Jimmy, whip in hand, and just outside that circle of prostrate forms hovered a grisly shape. So you've come, Tina, called Jimmy with a bravado which his voice belied. I'm ready. And he cracked his whip again. Come closer, Tina. You shall feel the lash again. His voice broke sharply. He stood an instant staring, and then took a slow step forward. Is it you? he muttered. Is it you? You are both the same, then. I thought so. Creel had swung his pistol up, and then his arm fell to his side again. Look, he whispered, look. And I swear, as I stared out across that circle of huddled figures, I saw beyond them, on the spot where that grisly shape had hovered, a woman's form, clad in robes that sparkled in the moonlight. I could see her shining eyes. I could see the smile that parted her red lips. And she raised her hand and beckoned. Quick, cried Davis, quick. It's the ape. I was sure of it. No, no, I gasped. It's the girl. It's... Jimmy took another slow step forward. Then from the corner of my eye, I saw Creel's pistol arm swing up again, and I sprang wildly upon him and pulled it down. You can't do that, I sobbed. You can't do that. It's murder. Let me go, panted Creel, and tried to throw me off. Billy! He stopped staring, and looking over my shoulder... 
I saw that figure now luminous now dark glide swiftly away into the desert gazing back with alluring eyes eyes that promised everything and Jimmy followed it was our scene of the afternoon over again but this time in deadly earnest we watched them spellbound as they moved away give me that pistol growled Davis between set teeth and tried to take it but Creel shook himself free I'm all right he said come on we must catch them if they once get out into the desert but they were headed not toward the desert but toward the mounds which marked the ruins Jimmy was running now his arms outstretched and the figure he pursued glided on just beyond his reach it was luminous no longer it was black and menacing a moment more and both of them vanished among the mounds what would happen to them there what dreadful thing would happen to them there over and over I asked myself that question as we raced on she would lure him into the tomb and there in the terrible blackness what awful thing the silence was rent by a wild cry of triumph he's got her gasped Creel but the words were drowned by a scream so shrill so fiendish so inhuman we scrambled up a mound of loose sand clawing for a foothold and the excavation lay before us bathed in moonlight near the black entrance to the tomb a ghastly struggle was in progress we could hear a man's gasping breath we could hear an inhuman voice chuckling as in triumph and then there was a shrill cry of pain and we saw Jimmy trying to tear himself away from something that caught and held and dragged him down something dark and hideous and ape-like that dragged him toward the blackness I shall never cease to admire Creel it was he who rushed for the steps who sped down them three at a time I'm glad to think that Davis and I were close behind all right Jimmy shouted Creel we're here hold on the struggle paused for an instant then the dark shape shook itself free and darted for the hole Creel's arm snapped up and he fired then we were at the entrance to the tomb and Creel sprang inside and fired again and I saw the flash of the powder and then the beam from Davis's torch leaped through the blackness come back come back he cried and caught Creel by the shoulder and dragged him back there was a crash like thunder the world fell to pieces about us End of chapter 31